0: Hello everyone, I'm Jay Phantom and this is episode 31 of the Storybox podcast. Let's get into it. I hope you all are doing great. If you are a new listener or a returning listener, I just want to say welcome to the Storybox where we unpack people's stories twice a week. Now that's right, twice a week. So this week I have Daniel Flynn. Now Daniel is driven, is resourceful and determined. Daniel is one of Australia's most successful entrepreneurs under the age of 30. He is the founder and managing director of the social enterprise Thank You. Some of you might use the products in your home at the moment. Now Thank You has given more than $5.5 million to help end global poverty which I think is absolutely astounding. Thank You's 50 products are stocked by major retailers in Australia. And 100% of profits go to funding water, sanitization, food, and child and maternal health products uh, projects Sorry, around the world. In nine short years, thank you has, re- has directly impacted the lives of close to 755,538 people in over 20 countries, including that of Australia. Daniel is an author of a best-selling book called Chapter One a book that tells the raw and real startup story of Thank You and it is sold using an unorthodox pay-what-you-want method. In a challenging publishing landscape, the book defied all odds by generating over $1.4 million in sales and selling over 55,000 copies in its launch month. Daniel is the recipient of EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award in the southern region and Forbes Asia 30 Under 30 Social Entrepreneurs. His big picture thinking is behind Thank You's disruptive marketing campaigns that have led to Thank You products being stocked in Australia's biggest retailers like Woolworths and Coles. Daniel and I get into talking about how in the world Thank You actually began. Now, it's not the sort of typical journey that you would expect. There was a lot of struggles and a lot of hardship that went into starting Thank You, and he started with only a few people, and now it is a huge huge uh, company and he's been able to impact the lives of so many people just because he did not give up. And we get talking a lot about his mindset, why he does what he does in the first place, the the impacts that poverty has on uh, our our, our globe really and and how we can do our part to actually help them as well. So I know you guys are going to get a lot out of this episode, a lot of great content in here. So I know you guys are going to get a lot out of it. So without me continuing on, let's dive into the story box and hear Daniel Flynn's story. Daniel, you've been giving back for such a long time and you keep on giving. Welcome so much to the Storybox podcast.
1: Thank you so much, man. Great to
0: be here. Absolute pleasure to have you. Now, before we get stuck into, I guess, your why and how you got started doing all this, I usually have one question that I love asking people, and that is, what is your definition of success?
1: I think success. Great question. I think success is when you discover it why you were born, why you were here, and then you make a path towards that, and seeing that that comes alive, and that speaks to the purpose. You know, I think success is not a lot of things maybe we thought it was, or the movies portray it It's discovering that purpose that you're here for, and mm-hmm. uh, and living that out.
0: Where did you think this idea of success came from for you? Was it a gradual thing over time or was there like a catalyst moment for you?
1: I think it was a, probably a gradual thing. Certainly, if I was, we were talking when I was, I was anywhere between 12 and 18 years old, I would define success literally as a dollar amount a certain goal, I want to be a millionaire by 21.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: I had already picked out in my mind all the different cars I wanted and the houses and the sort of, all of the things that kind of a cliche tied to success, I thought that was.
2: Mm.
1: Success and then therefore that would a- allow you to do good things mm. with that success. But I think I've, you know, over time I've got to know a whole bunch of people who've kind of ticked those boxes
2: mm.
1: and they wouldn't necessarily describe it as fulfillment. They would think it's empty. And, and, and you know, what they thought was success was just it was hollow.
2: Mm.
1: Um, and so I think it it has been a gradual journey. Um, and, uh, yeah, tied in closer with my story and my own journey.
0: Mm. Why do you think it, it, it changed for you? Like you went from seeing... I Guess or, or striving for, for money and wanting to be a millionaire, what eventually changed your perspective on it?
1: Yeah, like it, it was, it, it wasn't open mm. but it nearly was like it was, it was a pretty quick journey. Um, but it, it was a, a series of many moments, um. I was very locked on until even 19, locked on to this whole idea of wealth and wealth creation and property development and investment. And I was like, you know, so, so I was definitely heading in that direction. Um, I, I had this moment that I've referenced many times where I was sitting in front of my computer uh, and I found myself literally at my computer crying. And I'm crying because I'm thinking, I've just watched a story of kids who didn't have access to clean water. Mm. Uh, they they are you know talking about losing brothers and sisters um, who will join the four and a half thousand children that die every day from waterborne mm. I am sitting here in my room dreaming about the future and success or what I perceive success as, and I'm thinking it. it how on earth do we live in one planet where you can have extreme wealth for many of the people that I've followed and read about and idolized? And then at the same time have extreme poverty. And I, I like, we all know it's a, it's a thing. But I understand there's a fricking fund, even a world where they're spending trillions of dollars of consumer, Like forget the top 1% and the wealthy, just everyone, like trillions of dollars on consumer products. And at the mm. time there was, you know, hundreds of millions of people living in extreme poverty today, 736 million. I I was moved by the story. I was felt compassion. I also, felt a fire, like like vision is the best way I could describe it. Like I could see something, and I couldn't unsee it. It was the the kind of the gap between extreme poverty and extreme consumerism. But in the middle, it was like imagine if one existed to serve the other.
2: Mm. What if
1: consumerism and this thing that, I mean, it shouldn't exist. We shouldn't be paying money for bottled water or like some of the stuff we buy. It's just like imagine if that could serve something that that shouldn't exist as well, but even more so yeah. extreme poverty and, and people dying from access to basic human rights. And that mm. was the beginning of my journey of both being mission and vision led to mm. you know.
0: So then you, you decided to start this company called Thank You Water initially with the hopes of actually making a difference in countries that don't have access to clean water. So what were the initial challenges that you had to face starting out? Thank you.
1: I mean, we had two really big challenges, right? The one was like the learning curve. Um, Of starting anything, any idea, any company. So you've still got the learning curve challenge, Mm. and we're entering that learning curve with no money, with no experience. Um, So we have a steep curve to climb. Mm. The other challenge was, um, and and by the way, for listeners, like that's the best curve, and that is a problem and it is a challenge. But not knowing is sometimes your greatest asset. You have to be humble and you have to be willing to learn a lot quickly and Mm. keep learning. We'll be learning for 11 years uh, and we'll be learning for the next 50, right? Mm. So that's a that's a mindset and it, it, it is a challenge, but you can work through it. The other challenge we faced was getting people to buy into the idea. Mm. Uh, and that's everyone's challenge, getting people to buy into the idea. And we, we could get some people, but not the right people. Yeah, um, And by that, I mean, we wanted to be selling consumer goods and giving uh, and committing 100% of our profit. But we needed retail stores to buy into that idea, and they weren't. They weren't mm-hmm. buying into it. They were saying, "You're not big enough. And, you're not well known enough." And I said, this this store, then people would know, and, this, and you're competing against the biggest brands on the planet. Because you're not turning out with the same ad budget and the same like investment they have. You know, we, we we can't just put you on the shelf. And so, you know, even at a human level, if we can get them to see the mission." At the commercial level, they weren't buying into it, and so that created a real challenge. In fact, years years of us trying to figure out and work our way around getting these key decision makers to buy into the idea mm. to get it to to consumers who we thought and most of we talked to love it. Yeah. like everyone loves it,
0: mm.
1: um, and that that was our second great challenge.
0: I think. How did you actually, I guess, push through the the challenge of, of not actually getting it to the shelf for such a long time. Like what did it take you to actually get your product on the shelves first and foremost, and then to the consumer?
1: Yeah, so look, it took, it took a lot of persistence, and a lot of time, and a lot of problem solving. So, you know, we started small in cafes and outlets stocking the products, and we built up momentum there.
0: We hoped that would be
1: enough. It wasn't enough for the bigger retailers. They wanted to see a lot more. Mm. Uh, I mean, we were, in fairness, we were selling water. You know, it's a flooded market. Like mm. it's, you know, it's fair enough. they wanted to see well. How how is another sort of in actually working? So you know, we on a journey where you know we we build that momentum in the grassroots kind of cafes and outlets. But then we start campaigning. Uh, we mentioned it in the intro, but there were two campaigns that kind of changed everything for us. Mm. And at the course, such a simple idea, we had the idea of thank you. We had retailers who were saying no. And so we went to the people and said, hey, guys, like, could you tell them that if they stopped it, we would buy it? 7 mm. was the first one. People did it. People went crazy. And people were and Wow human loss and board and then they're telling the supermarket well oh, they're telling seven the eleven and seven eleven said yeah. It was a campaign that gained so much momentum and media attention. And we took that same formula to hold the more mm. the biggest supermarket in the country. Um and that was two years later. That was after many other attempts of trying to say, Hey, we're in seven eleven, like could you, like it's working, could you could you like no 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 no, you know, it's mm. not big enough. We're, we're like, well, what what? So we took the same model. We went to the Colton Mall first and we said, uh, well, not to them, but to people.
2: Mm.
1: Hey, jump onto their Facebook box. Well, they just got to, you buy it. And the power of people, incredible. I mean, we saw people, again, singing and dancing and rapping, but even more than that, uh, there's two helicopter pilots, Peter and Jeff, uh, donated their time and the helicopter was free. above the head offices with a huge sign. You know thank you story. You may know this well, but all the time said, "Hey, Cole, thank you for changing the world." And brackets, if you say yeah, and it flew over the head office for half an hour, um, and 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 half an hour over um, kind of both head offices at the same time. That was, it. but this was the people. This was the people saying to the system, "We want change," mm-hmm. and they did. Uh, and that's how we got into buy-in to buy into the idea.
0: Was it because of the people that? sort of kept you going because it is a very challenging road that you guys took and it can take quite a toll on your mentality and your ability to not give up. So what was it about your idea that kept you going? Was it going back to this place of you're giving back to people that don't have enough? Yeah. It
1: was, uh, was a couple of layers in this. I mean, to sum it up in one word, it was- was really found in our why, mm. that purpose, what, how we kept going with our, our purpose, our why, and, and that we lay it in sort of the mission and the vision, like the mission of this exists to end extreme poverty, but also the mission of this thing called thank you because it's the transfer wealth from these consumer choices. So this is really about empowering people. Mm. And... That's consumers and people living in extreme poverty. And I think there is something that was, that wasn't, still is to us so compelling about that mission mm. that, uh, yeah, it did keep us going. But also, we had great teams, you know, my co founder, uh, uh, multiple co founders, you know, Jared and Justine. Mm.
2: Uh,
1: Justine and I are now married, and, and we've kind of, over the journey, had to kind of pull each other through some days, you know, she wants to quit or I want to quit or, you know, like rarely both on the same day or the, it did happen once. Um, we got through it. But like you, you, you help each other. This is what teams do an amazing thing. Thank you who helped. And so through that and through mentors and through the mission and the vision, and even through my own personal faith story, mm-hmm. um, that's really personal to me, but it's like, I think in my belief system, is this idea, I feel that this is what I'm meant to do with my life.
2: Mm. And so, yeah, I've walked
1: away from you so many times. But I've walked back because of the mission,
2: mm. because
1: of the belief that I think this is, this is what I'm meant to do, because of the team, because of great mentors. Mm.
0: So you mentioned there your, your own faith journey for a moment. Are you someone, yeah. what 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 does that mean for you? Like, what do you mean by your own faith?
1: Yeah, so for me, when I was, uh, in my teenage years, I made a commitment to you know, follow God and, mm. and become a Christian. I grew up in a, in a Christian home. Mm. But Same. I think that I liked it. I agreed with it until I didn't, mm. and then I kind of, yeah, I went on my own journey, but then I then I came back and made that commitment and for me that was, it was a big deal. Like it was a it was and it still is a big deal, I think, for Justin and I because the faith has grounded us. We you know it's funny when I tell people like I'm a Christian, it can end up being polarizing. Almost a better way to put it is mm. well, we follow Jesus and he's a phenomenal leader in person. Yeah. and person and his name has become polarizing mm. you know, in, in, in culture. But actually if we dig down revolutionary, humble servant
2: mm.
1: leader. And and we follow him, we follow that. We follow this way of living that is not for yourself, it's for others. Mm. That doesn't mean it's easy. It'sn't hard sometimes. Mm. But um, you know, there are so many moments where like this core belief of um, the example Jesus set and the faith. Like it's that that I can't walk away from. Because I'm like, yeah. no, 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 but I know that I'm meant to live my life for others. Mm. So you yeah, know, this is this feels painful today or we got knocked down today, but but we'll get up and go again. Like mm. that's that's the mission.
0: And keep going back to what Christ said in his word all the time. It's I guess, this idea of reaching out to people, reaching out and showing them by your own example and, you know, by your your fruits you shall know them and I think what you've been able to do, it's not just about profit. It's about, okay, how can I benefit people that don't have? And that's what Christ did all the time. You know, he, he went and he literally died for people. I mean, he gave up his life for people like you and I, and millions of others. So what makes, for me, the way I see it is, what can I do in my own life to help others, to to um, to make them better? And I think you've done that with thank you and you haven't given up. You've kept going. And that is inspiring, man. That is really inspiring. So where did you go from, from there? You've got the products on the shelves, but... You've got a new vision now you want to do more so why did you want to do more?
1: Uh, I, I think from the very beginning thank you was never a little idea that to we do well as family thought this is nice and maybe we should go a bit bigger it was never that from the very outset it was this thing is this thing is massive. It's bigger than all of us. This thing will changed the whole world. And so even today, the thank you that you see and I see, I'm like, wow, I'm really been scratching what the potential of this idea is. Mm. Because at the core we talk about like transferring wealth from a consumer choice to funding great partners to help serve the extreme poor. But if we think about that, it's like Transferring wealth from consumer choice. It could be a hand wash, it could be a bottle of water, roll of muesli, it could be a nappy, it could be anything. Mm. And, and that's the, the sort of the exponential potential of this and the infinite potential. Mm. And there are so many amazing change makers out there serving the world's poor and they need the money. So, like, we're so driven that, like, we've just scratched the surface because of the mission, because the vision of this organization is, I mean, in its simplest form, it's that you know, every person has access to basic human rights.
2: Mm.
1: It's that you know that no one would live in extreme poverty. Mm. Um, and there's a long way and a huge gap from where the world is today,
0: mm. and that
1: vision being a reality.
0: Because there is, like you said, there is a massive gap in the market, but it's also a very challenging gap to sort of fix without money, without resources. So how do you yourself, I guess, get people on board with this idea that you're giving all these profits to fund and help other people and yeah, just basically help them. How do you get others on board with that with this idea? Um, I mean
1: first of all, we never wait for money money, money to come. It just never things to come and then it but it comes, it, it, it comes last or mm. second. It, 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 it is really, we, we move forward with ideas and make a simple thought of what's in your hand. Mm. You know, this is really the framing of how thank you comes to life. Is this question, what's in your hand? And what's in my hand might be time, and yours it might be the awareness you can get to the podcast. Maybe it's the millions you can because you're a or maybe it's the store you, you can put a product in because you own a store, or maybe it's the, the warehouse space you can you know give some discount or free rates on because you own a warehouse. We all have something in our hand, and thank you for the story mm-hmm. of all of us combining the little we have together. Mm-hmm. And it makes this significant impact. Um, think about it like we're asking people to buy hand wash. Millions of people buy handwatch, mm. cool. Individually, you might be like, I just I bought one hand Yeah, but together, we have so much money. It's the power of we, the power of a, a group of determined and like-minded people, mm. um, you know, and yeah, that, that's how we do it. We just ask people, hey, what's in your hand? And yeah, combining it with what we've got.
0: Mm. That's incredible, man. And how has your – have you noticed that your faith in, in business has ever impacted – people wanting to come on board with this idea?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, look, and we're, we're really clear about this. Like, thank you is not a, a Christian organization. It's not a faith-based organization. It's, uh, I mean, Justin and I are the founders that we are, and that's our personal beliefs. And mm. the values that bring thank you are built on that. Mm. Um, you know, but, you know, integrity, Honor. These are things that are fundamental, both in our faith walk, but in really any good ethical business. Um, mm. And and you know, the Thank You isn't a faith based organisation. It's literally a, it's a an organisation that exists with one purpose mm.
2: and
1: empowering consumers to help end extreme poverty. Mm.
2: Uh,
1: and to see that vision of every single person access the best to the face, People have criticized this along the way, even though the organization isn't affiliated with religious organizations. People have attacked this because they go, Well, you gave to a charity and a lot of came out six years ago, years you, know, you gave to this charity and their position, or like Yeah, good, good point. Uh, here's another one. So I think it's 20 to 25 biggest eight organizations in Australia have a faith background coincidentally Mm. Christian but it's like do we like do we say well we'll only fund the five because we now discriminate based on faith and so like we've gone on our own journey um, that but people are always there to criticize and you know I I, I would say to anyone who is a critique of you know someone who's got a faith I would just say well you can have your thoughts but let time Mm. let, let just let time tell Mm. You know, I think, you know, my dad always said to me that personal integrity expects to be believed, And if they're not, they let time prove them right. Yeah. And I, I think that in the face-to-face, context, you know, we meet different people who are like, I believe in this or, uh, or that. And even with a new idea, that oh, I've got this idea. Cool. And we'll, we'll give it time. We'll see what happens.
2: Mm. And
1: I think we've been around for a long time. Um, we'll be around for a long time coming. Uh, we'll probably have a whole bunch more critics. It seems that there's a link between the more successful you get and the more people that criticize you. Yep. Um, and so, but like, that's not, that's not why we do what we do. Um, mm. so actually, actually, it's a real long answer to the question. It, it could affect us if we let it. But, but you do, won't. We fail yeah. and think to who we are and we, we walk and wait for that.
0: Yeah. You guys have a choice to make to actually allow it to affect you or not. And I think you guys are doing yeah. the right thing. And like you said, you're always gonna have critics out there that try to disrupt and try to destroy and break down what is good. And I think that sucks. But what is more beneficial is you guys being able to rise above it, which is pretty pretty incredible. So
1: And but, and that's the challenge to every person on the planet. Like yeah. Everyone feels either criticised and maybe, or even just a, with a self-critique of we're not good
2: enough.
1: Where you know, like, and and so I, I genuinely appreciate every person to rise like above that.
0: The devil's very good at getting into our psyche, and he knows what I guess um, causes us to think certain things as well and bring us down. And I think being able to rise above it just shows Christ more and more because uh, no matter how many times you get knocked down by influences, then you can just rise above it. And like you said, it's it's a challenge for every person, whether you're a Christian or not. It's a challenge in the mind uh, to be someone of influence, someone of worth as well. So I have a couple more questions for you, Danny, because I am very mindful of your time. And that is what you mentioned a lesson before that your dad taught you. Was that... One of the most profound lessons he ever taught you, or do you remember any other lessons that he taught you that you use to this day?
1: yeah my my dad is an eternal optimist um, my mum too incredibly positive people
2: mm.
1: um, but that is probably the most one of the most profound things he's taught me is around you know powerPo creativity I mean he thousands. Like if you and this happened, he had a car to someone, Like this is all that like if you question into him it might be raining and the car crashed and he gets out. It would be like it was so good to meet you. We would never have met if we hadn't had this happen. Um, you know, like it's so great to meet you, how good does rain it makes you feel alive. And we'd wow. be thinking like, what what? But Dad's <laughs> genuinely that guy. Um and, and, and I love it. And it helped me it's really helped me think and process through what has been if you read through the fantasy journey a pretty tough journey but mm. you know life's tough yeah. but it's still to we apply, and it's how we view it that actually gives us the ability to make that next step mm. so you know, you know? Few,
0: yeah that's good man what would you say is your biggest achievement mm.
1: I think my idea is she, ah, man, it's a big wings Like, mm. um, I think it's a cheating feel Like, well, you haven't adjusted yet, but she's amazing. Yeah. So I feel like landing her with with, with my surname, then that was doesn't get bigger than that. <laughs> Um, but, you know, in the similar zone to that, probably I think for me my whole life I've battled with other people's opinions I And mean, this way too much. It's a real personal thing, but I, I think I have left that just back I'm And, and I, I'm, not, I'm not there. I'm, I haven't achieved yet, but I'm a very different man now mm. to, to who I was. Years ago, and, and in the sense of being other people's opinions, um, destroy or even dictate, or really trying to please like the ultimate people pleaser, mm. and please everyone, make everyone happy. And I think for me, realizing that, calling it out, and walking on a journey to change that mm. feels like a, a good achievement. But I'll probably spend the rest of my life refining that.
0: That's great, man. I love that. Because a lot of people I've spoken to and when I ask them that question, they firstly say, oh, it's that, that's hard. But some of them, they go immediately to my family. Like my family is by far the biggest achievement. Even though they've had massive success in business, they've built something huge and still they account their biggest achievement for their family. That is that is incredible. Um, two more questions for you, mate. and And that is, You've, you've reached the age of 99. It's your birthday. The very next day, you're going to be 100. Your friends, they create a mixtape for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. And they show it to you. What do you want that mixtape to show?
1: Well, I think, I think it would be cool if it showed um, some awkward moments from, <laughs> you know, like, you've done a laugh. I think it would be good if it showed some kind of key quotes that weren't just with Google, um, but maybe were formed from years or decades of figuring out and living that quote out and then, you know, almost getting to that point. So I think those like life truth. Um, I think if the mixtape showed uh, someone who was consistent mm. for the 99 years, that'd be pretty pretty epic. Mm. I think mean, consistency is pretty tough, you know, I think. We can, I don't mean perfectionism, that's probably where I started with all of the,
2: mm.
1: um, the awkward moment. So it's not perfectionism, I think consistency, someone who is what they say, and, you know, that I a man, who was what I said I was and, and lived that, you know, as a father, as a leader, mm. uh, as a husband, as a man.
0: Mm, I love that. I have this saying that you're more than welcome to use. It's be persistent to remain consistent because without being persistent, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, so without being persistent, you won't be consistent because being persistent means that you're going to continue on no matter what, which also breeds their consistency. It's a flow-on effect. That's the way I see it. Um, Yeah. And my last question to you, man, is three bits of advice that you could give to someone starting out, struggling, or needing a boost?
1: Yeah, okay. Three bits of advice. The first one is you can change stuff. Mm. Like you can make ideas and dreams a reality. You can change problems you think about. Like you, you can. I know you feel like it's just small or you don't have all the things. You can. I, I've seen it in our own life. I've seen it in other people's lives. Metaphor when you persist and then lock on something, you can change stuff. So, mm. first point is you can. The second one is like, you have to be a humble learner and, mm. and like, kind of learn, 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 keep learning. That is your weapon, like, that's your secret weapon. And the final one like, also stay humble but be bold. Mm. Uh, these words, humility and boldness, seem to kind of conflict, or humble boldness, is like, it yeah, doesn't work, but I think it does. I think. If you can be both humble, extremely bold. And I think boldness for the mission, boldness for the, for the person or the purpose or the change you want to make, um, and, and humility in the process of mm. that boldness. You know, that, that for me is, it, it, it is possible. You, be, you know, be humble, but learn, 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 mm. and, uh, and be bold. Oh, oh, man.
0: Absolutely love that. Really appreciate your time, Daniel, today. So thank you so much for sharing your story and coming on the Storybox podcast. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the Storybox podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this one, you can do so now over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify just by searching up the Storybox. And if you got something out of this week's episode, Please leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts and share it around with your friends and family. Let's start changing people's lives through powerful stories. You can also connect with the Storybox on social media for updates or to send a, a nice message via Instagram and Facebook just by searching up the Storybox. It's that easy. Until we dive next week back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget to share your story around. I'll catch you then.